It's Golden Hour Adventure Time, featuring everyday people doing extraordinary things. From the peaks of victory to the valleys of defeat, these are their stories. Now, from the back of the pack, your hosts, Justin and Robbie. Hey, Robbie, guess what? <laughs> what? <laughs> you already know. It's <laughs> Golden Hour Adventure Time! <laughs> hey, so today... Uh, yeah, we're just going to do a Tales from the Trails, and we have a special guest with us, uh, other than me and Robbie. I'm I'm sure you guys just absolutely love listening to Robbie and I, but we'll bring someone else in that uh, has a little bit of experience in what we're going to be talking about today. So if you guys remember in the past, we talked to Jeff Pratt. He's back on for round two and Tales from the Trails. Welcome, Jeff. Uh, thanks for having me. This time you don't have to... Uh, give your running history or any of that thing. We just, let's BS today. <laughs> I mean, my running history is kind of boring anyways. Nobody, like that probably, your your podcast on that one probably had like the lowest listening. <laughs> oh, sure. Surely not. Surely not. Um, <laughs> but maybe, I don't know. We'll have to go look. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so today we thought that um, we would, talk a little bit about the Bighorn 100 and the Black Hills 100. So this week is Bighorn week and the race starts on Friday. So let's, uh, let's jump into Bighorn. So as you guys know, I ran the Bighorn 100 last year. So I have a little bit of experience in it. It's still somewhat fresh in my mind. Some of the the climbs are still giving me nightmares and, you know, night terrors, but <laughs> Uh, I think Robbie has Robbie's paced a lot of miles out there and um, Jeff crewed out there last year and has a lot of driving miles. So we're going to give a perspective from crewing, from pacing and running. So let's do it. For sure. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, driving. So for you drivers out at Bighorn, get ready. Um, <laughs> there's one gas station in Dayton. So if you're crewing there, you have to know about that gas station. And I think they know it's race weekend, but they still run out of everything there. So like bring your, get your lickies and chewies and sandwiches and stuff earlier on in the day. Do they run um, out of gas too? I think they, I, I thought they did last year. I can't remember though, but like I would, I read I would something that there's like, that. I read some, there's like 1200 runners for the big horns in, in all the race dits and stuff. Wow. So I can only imagine like you got 50 mile crewers, you got 50 K crewers, of course, hundred mile crews. Like that's a lot of people driving around. Oh, I do know you. Well, did I get gas? Am I? No, I think it has, it has a card though. So you can get, you should be able to get gas 24. <laughs> is it a, yeah, is so, it a one pump gas station? <laughs> I think there's four, four pumps there. Oh my it's gosh. Also the town, it's also the town grocery store. So <laughs> Dayton's a cool town. It really is. It's a it's a neat town, and the part no, where it starts and finishes is really such a cool, uh, cool spot. But it's small, so you, you know if you're going to crew, you got to be prepared for that. Bring your stuff with you. Hey, so so run us through from you know from the start. We we get on a bus. All the runners get on the bus. You start at the um, where you park at the park where you finish the race. And yeah. they bus everyone out. So you you can drive out there, but I wouldn't recommend to. it. Yeah, we it, did that. We did that last year. And like it was cool to see the runners start. 
Um, I'll see what I have. I have to see what my runner wants to do. If, if she wants me to drive her out there, I will. But like, it's kind of a you know, you're in that little canyon and yeah. it's pretty. So my my crew went out, but we all rode the bus out there. So we just rode the bus oh. out there, and then I started the race, and they jumped back on the bus and went back to their car. They left their car at the park. Oh, so, so the crew can ride the bus too. Crew oh, and cool. runners can ride the bus, absolutely. And trust me, you have plenty of time to get back to your car and get back up to the first aid station. <laughs> yeah, your well, your crew is like the people who did it, like because. We last year we were all like, oh, the you know we'd heard there was no way to make it from the first crew date station up at uh, um, Dry Fork to Sally's, and the amount of time that your runner will get there. So pick one or the other. Um, we picked Sally's, and so that's where we went. Um, but then your crew like hit all of them. So yeah, they hit every single it's one. It's possible. Of yeah, if you're a back of the packer like me, yes, it is possible. <laughs> <laughs> So starting out, um, uh, running, you ride the bus out there. Um, it starts in a Canyon. You have about a mile and a half run till you get to that first aid station where you get on, on a trail. It's not like the, it's a trail. Yeah. But it's not the trail that you start to climb. You, you run up that little trail for another two miles and then you get to, I believe it's the lower sheep, lower sheep aid station. I don't know the names exactly, but it's the lower sheep and that's where you better get some ice you better get some some liquids because you're about to start a hellacious climb up the up the canyon and that's your first big welcome to bighorns is that going to be like a super muddy section do you so think? that that was muddy last year um so and they've been getting a lot of rain they've been getting supposedly they got rain over the weekend they got there and they're supposed to get rain up until thursday yeah and a it, lot of so that's probably going to be a for I runners. remember running up that can or not running. I remember climbing up the canyon and we were walking through mud. Um I got my foot sank down into some water and got wet right off the bat. Um and then on the way back down it was dry. So it had dried out from that day and then the next, you know, the next day's heat it had dried out, but yeah, it was wet that that morning running up. It was crazy. Um but yeah, you 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 do I can't remember if it's three or four miles of that climb. I think it's about three miles. Um, and then you get to the top of the canyon. It's, man, it's brutal. Be prepared, guys. If you're running that race, be prepared. It's going to be hot. Um, you're going to be Congo lining all the way up. So you're going to get stuck behind people. Just be prepared to take it slow. You don't want to walk up or run up that thing fast. Um, that's a beast of a climb. If you're not used to big, big climbs, just take it slow and rock and roll you have 35 hours to finish the race yeah. so well the interesting part about that race is like if it's and i guess i i guess all anything i've ever ran is, it, it'll have a lot of elevation change but it doesn't doesn't have these big 18 mile climbs <laughs> like <laughs> five mile climbs it's like a half mile max. yeah yeah that's and that you know running out when I was preparing for the race running in the Black Hills like there's no climbs that are in and same with you in eastern South Dakota there's no climbs in that are five miles long eighteen miles long to kind of prepare for that type stuff unless you're gonna go run up uh, Spearfish Canyon that's what yeah you I mean yeah I guess you could do that but do even that elevation workout. is nothing compared to what you would get out of the big yeah. horns do the bikers workout where you run up the canyon and then run back down yeah. 
Oh my gosh, that would have been that probably <laughs> would have been a good idea. But anyway, you get to the top of that climb. There's an aid station at the top of that one. Um, and then you have about four more miles until you get to the first major aid station. So if you have crew, that'll be dry fork. Um, and then that's also the first spot where you would have a drop bag. So your drop bags, uh, there's three spots where you can have drop bags and you will hit um, two of them twice. So you can have a drop back and crew at dry fork. Jeff, how long does it take to get from the start? Oh, you didn't drive. You didn't go to dry. Fork. I, didn't, I didn't go up there, but it, I mean, I, I drove up to, um, to Jaws. So I want to say what? I drove, I did drive up to, okay. So from the, from the start. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Robbie, you've been up there. Yeah. Okay. To dry fork. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, if I remember, I was like an hour and a half. That's a pretty that. drive. I've drove up there two years ago. It was a real pretty drive. There's, there's a like, ton of like elk and stuff. Last year, at least along the road, I think we counted 30 some odd elk and moose or whatever we saw on the way. A, I remember the big fields with all the lupins like everywhere. Oh, just super I pretty. Any, I didn't see any of those. Yeah, so then you get... Yeah, it's um, an hour, hour and a half to dry fork from the start. Okay, perfect. <laughs> and then as soon as your runner leaves, you need to get in the car because you got to go probably, what, two, two and a half hours to get to Sally's? More than that. because So, like, it depends on if you know about the secret road. Because So we had a forestry uh, Forest Service employee uh, on the crew last year. And so he went and got like a motorized vehicle road thing map, you know, because they're like, oh, you just go to the forestry service and they give you these maps and they're really awesome. And oh, cool. And there is like a dirt road. You because so like the way that the race tells you to get to um, Sally's, you actually go like up into Montana and then you're in Montana for a while. Whereas if you, there's like a dirt road, it's not even a minimum maintenance road. It's like a dirt road um, that you take earlier and you can cut like probably, I would say probably 30 to 45 minutes off your drive time. Wow. Cause it's, you're, it's to get all the way to the place that you park in little Bighorn Canyon, you're talking two and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah. I know because, it was a haul yeah. to get there. And I mean, it's not far, but the problem is, is when you get really, when you, right when you get into Little Bighorn Canyon, there's no way you're driving over 15 miles an hour. Yeah. Like, and you have to do a couple like creek crossings. Yeah. Depending on the rain, the water, maybe it levels may be super high. They weren't bad last year from what I've heard. No, they weren't. But, but yeah, no, that's a, that is your, that is a, a long haul. And, Again, you're going to have to do this again because the next crew aid station, you got to go all the way back up the mountain, up the same road. Go back. Yeah. Because it's like a V, if I remember right, it's like a V shape that you run or something weird. Yeah, you do. You do. Um, you do somewhat of a, a V state. V. It is kind of a weird like course that they make, they make you run. But so from from dry fork as a runner um dry forks at about 13 and a half 
The next aid station will be Kearns Cal Camp, and that's at about 19 and a half. Um, I remember that they had bacon. They were cooking bacon there, and that was kind of a kind of a treat. <laughs> I really enjoyed the the Kearns Cal Camp. I don't know. It's just from Dry Fork to Sally's is like exposed and hot. So just get ready for the heat there. Both it's ways, supposed to be the weather is actually supposed to be pretty decent on Friday. You know, I have I have heard that. I, I think it's I did. like seventy four. I think they're expecting. God, it's better than that hundred that we had last year. Yeah, that was so hot last year. Um, but yeah, Curtin's Cow Camp. Make sure you take take full advantage of the bacon that they have there because it's going to be um, very welcoming. And I believe that aid station is ran by the Boy Scouts. So one of them is made by ran by the Boy Scouts in that in that section. Um, and then you'll run to Bear Camp, which is at uh, about the marathon, 26 miles. Um, and then that's where you start your descent down into Sally's. So you'll drop down what's called the wall. It's a very steep downhill. Um, you'll like it. It'll be fun. It's fun to run down it. Um, I ran down it, but my stomach was so upset that I was throwing up by the time I got to Sally's at 30 miles. But <laughs> when you came into Sally's last year, you were in a word of hurt, a world of hurt. <laughs> I don't remember much from Sally's other than like pushing my pacer out of the way. Cause I was about to throw up all over him and just, that went... was, it, it's actually probably good. You don't remember much from Sally's because <laughs> you were not like if in ultra running, you, you kind of have to have a short memory, you know? So like yeah. you got to let the bad stuff go. So you not remembering that moment is probably really good. Cause it didn't, mess you up later on in the race i well i'm glad i'm glad that you uh you remembered how bad i was because i <laughs> i felt like absolute garbage at that station but once i threw up like obviously like it wasn't a it wasn't a you know a throw up and rally type thing but i felt much better i got my feet took taken care of i think i spent 45 minutes at sally's which seems like a, a crazy amount of time but I'm actually glad I did because it let my stomach settle a little bit. Um, I got my feet taken care of because they were just like prunes. Um, the the medics that work at Sally's are amazing. They are they are top notch. Uh, well, because my our runner last year had like some really bad sunburn coming into Sally's on the way back, and I mean she'd already timed out, but the medics were just like all over helping take care of that sunburn because I was yeah. Oh, that was some bad sunburn. Yeah, they're pretty phenomenal um, medics there. And they took care of me. I mean, they took my shoes and socks off and they started just like putting stuff on my feet to take the, I was just like, what are you, like, this is insane. Like, you're a volunteer and you're over here just rubbing some random dude's foot. <laughs> yeah. But, no, they're awesome. And that aid station is great on the, and usually a lot of times, and they did last year, they had uh, um, McDonald's, uh, breakfast tortilla. Yeah, i think i was a little late i didn't get any of that well you had to be so i've heard you had to get back out on the the course as fast as possible yeah i think that's what the, the that was a very was. quick stop for you because you did not have time to no. stop and and that was like that was just very deliberate but no they have they've got good food there um they take care of their i mean especially as if Cause I was out there all day. So um, <laughs> the, the, I can't say enough about how awesome that aid station 
personnel was, you know, they're, yeah. they become really good friends with all the runners crews. Cause there is a lot of crews that spend all day there, um, get to know them. Um, they're always willing to like feed you as long as it's not like a busy time when, you know, the, the big group of runners is coming through, but yeah. they're, they're top notch. What were we going to say, Robbie? Both times, both times I've, uh, been on Sally's on the way back. They've uh, washed my feet for me. They took off my shoes, took off my socks, put them in warm water. As a pacer. Uh, wash, as a pacer. Insane. Wash my feet, put socks on. Then I've also heard the the manager or something of the Sheridan McDonald's donates all the food to that aid station. That's how they get the McDonald's food. Because I've oh. made McGriddles there. I've had pancakes. I've had egg McMuffins. I've left with uh, sausages rolled up in pancakes. It's an yeah, awesome well, I'm definitely having that this year for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Justin's like, I'm never leaving Sally's. I'm going straight <laughs> to Sally's. I'll just say at Sally's, like, can I get some more McDonald's? Like, who are you? <laughs> You've been here all day. Sorry, bro. Just... <laughs> are you even part of the race? No. <laughs> I just said there's McDonald's up here. <laughs> So from Sally's, uh, you know, once you're finally uh, tempted to leave, if you ever get tempted to leave, because that's such an amazing aid station, uh, you'll come up to Cathedral Rock. So Cathedral Rock is a very minimal aid station. Um, they had water, a few like Coke options, or for you Northerners, pop, soda, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but um, it, and then they had noodles, chicken noodle soup type stuff all cooked over a campfire and so that's what saved me last year was eating that chicken noodle soup drinking the broth type stuff i had it all the way up to jaws and then pretty much all the way down and that's what kind of i think calmed my stomach and made everything good to go but just prepare at cathedral rock it's very minimal um water and maybe a few things here and there um they i think they like bring everything in by hand there like they're filtering water by hand at that aid station so that uh, yeah I, I think they walk in from sally's because it says on the website 33 but i don't remember it being that far i only remember it being like two miles oh but i think they they walk in from there okay um, yeah um spring march is marsh is your next one so um most of us runners are going to hit that one at night and it's cool because they have like rope lights out they had music banging all night it was super cool like just a just a really cool vibe at that spot um and they uh have some amazing volunteers at that one they have chairs set up it's just really cool like you can see it from a long ways away so it's kind of disturbing in that fact that you could see it for so long <laughs> but um <laughs> Yeah, it's a great aid station. Good stuff. Um, El Camp is another one that has minimal um, aid, and that's going to be your next one, um, 43 and a half. And so just be prepared. Those those uh, people at Elk Camp, they were amazing. I, I had some issues at Elk on the way back, and they helped me out quite a bit. They had a raging fire. This thing, I mean, it was probably 2 o'clock in the morning, and they're out there partying pretty much. It just was so much fun just to like, I don't want to leave. <laughs> is that where they ride the horses in? I think Spring Marsh is where they ride the horses in. Okay. Elk Camp. I think Elk Camp, they can get in by ATVs. Okay. I could be wrong on all this, but I re I think Spring Marsh was the 
the horses and elk camp okay. was ATVs, but I, I could be wrong. It could be the other way around. Elk camp is showing at 43 and a half. I just remember the one we were on the way back that had a big, huge fire going and there was a bunch of horses and a bunch of cowboys all passed out underneath a rock ledge. That could be elk camp. Cause they're definitely, that definitely was the vibe at, at elk camp was. That's going to be a cowboys. I'm just like imagining being a runner, like sleep deprived, exhausted. And now you see like these cowboys with their horses <laughs> and everything sleeping under a rock. And you've got to be wondering <laughs> if this is real or not. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's funny because they had a bunch of different alcohol all sitting on the rocks right next to the fire. Oh, that like perfect. whiskey and tequila and oh, they were whatever offering you it wanted. too. Yeah, they <laughs> were offering it too. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, they said take whatever you want. <laughs> like it would lead out a long ways. <laughs> yeah. I was like, nah, I'm good. I appreciate it. But from elk camp, that's when you hit your um that's when you hit the infamous mud sections. So 43 and a half is elk camp. Mile 48 is the jaws turnaround. Um, about two and a half to three miles before you get to jaws. So let's call it mile 45. That's when you're going to start hitting some serious mud. Um, I they heard, I'd heard from a trail report that they're not expecting any snow. Really? Cause it had gotten hot enough this week to melt it. Yeah. That if hmm. there is any snow, it'll be minimal, but that's crazy because it was in the hundreds last year and the snow, some of the piles were as tall as I was. Hmm. I don't know. I think that section always has the mud though. I don't think that mud oh, disappears yeah. at all. It's like a, it's, it's not even mud. It's just like a marsh and it's, it points like my pacer fell last year. And, and you got to think it's not just mud, like it's runoff of that snow melt. So it's ice water mud. So your feet are frozen. I couldn't even feel my, feel my toes when I got to Jaws. It was cold. But luckily, Jaws is a, another major aid station that has a drop bag. Um, I'm hoping that every single one of you guys running that race has your crew there because the turnaround is a big yeah. major spot to have um, have crew. Yeah, And for crew, that's a good, like, because you can get out of Sally's Cause like that 18 miles up is going to take any runner a while. Mm -hmm. um, so like, that's a good spot for crew to like nap, like get the drive done and get up there, nap for an hour. And then like, it's, it's just like a really good spot. Cause like they got, they have like a really big open parking area. Um, like people set up tents out there. Like it's, there's so much space. Like if there's anywhere to like, that you can relax for a while as a crew member it's at jaws so yeah, yeah jaws uh, i think it's actually a campground itself isn't it that area yeah, there's yeah a, it's a campground, there's a campground right next to it too yeah okay and for all okay. your crew make sure you have your uh warm weather gear because it's always cold up there it is yeah i've <laughs> seen some reports that it was like in the 30 20s and 30s um already up there this year yeah it's I think it was, I don't, you, I don't know. You guys may know better than me, but last year, I think it was in the thirties up there, wasn't it? Yeah. And it was, it kind of rained on us while we were waiting up there. Um, Cause I remember I had to pull the tunnel cover over me. 
Jaws is set up really nicely because it's um, they have tents that um, your crew and your runner can go into that get, you know, they're heated. And so you can get nice and warm. They do make you go in there. So for you runners that are like, oh, I just won't go in there. They make you go in there and you have to do a med check in there. Um, the med check was very minimal. Um, my calves is swollen up like to the size of balloons last year. And they let the medic was kind of like, oh, my gosh, those are huge. Um, but I just put some calf sleeves on and we were good to go. But um, you do have to do a med check and you have to enter the tent. So I would assume you could probably just go if you don't want to spend any time in there to not get used to the heat. You could probably just go in, check in and check out and do all your crew stuff outside. But it it is. If nice I remember right, the, the med the med check is like because it's like a big tube kind of. And so, like, you first you walk past the med check and the, like, the check-in station. Yeah, yeah, right there at the door. after that, you hang a left down this tube, and that's kind of where all the drop bags and yep. stuff is. But I'm saying, if you, if you didn't want to spend time in there to get used to yeah. the heat, you could just walk in, get your med check, check in, check out, and then go outside to do all your stuff if you didn't and I don't think that. that area of the tent is heated, like, where they have the med check and stuff, because oh, I, I okay. think it's for that reason. Because I remember, like, being on that side and being cold, and then when we brought Jess like back a ways. It was like really warm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was nice and warm. And I, I, I spent probably more time than I needed to in there, but it was, uh, it was definitely nice. Um, but yeah, that tent is the tent section. I mean, they're cooking all the food in there. So, I mean, it's huge. Um, and there's plenty of room for crew and runner to be in there. But they won't let you in there if you're not with a runner. Okay. That's something that that aid station is very strict about. And that's just because of how many runners they have and everything. I get that. If your crew don't plan on going in there until your runner gets there. Okay. So again, be ready to be cold and wait outside for your runner to get. So bring a nice puffy. Yeah. I had like, I had like my uh, army sleeping bag and I was like in that on a chair, just like, (laughs) That's awesome. Robbie, you've ran from. And I remember reading there. Yeah. So I also remember reading that they're only allowing one crew member in the tent with the runner at a time this year. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, there's not a lot of, it's big, but there's not a lot. Yeah. It gets crowded in there. Yeah. So I've ran from Jaws to Dry Fork twice. Oh, okay. So from Jaws, uh, once you leave Jaws, you are making your descent down back to Sally's. That's back down to your other major aid station with your drop bag. Um, you're going to hit the same ones. This is what I did last year is I took a pair of socks with me. I didn't change socks at Jaws, but I took a pair with me. And once I got through the mud section and got back to Elk Camp, I changed my socks out um, because your socks are going to be soaking wet from elk camp to jaws and then back down to elk camp. And I I mean, however your strategy is to, to make it through, but it was so nice to change out of those cold, wet socks and just put new ones on at elk camp. And so that's what I did. So I didn't worry about a a sock or shoe change at all at actually, I didn't change shoes for 80 miles, but I changed socks a couple of times just to kind of keep my feet from, you know, staying waterlogged, but I carried a pair of socks with me and I changed them out at elk camp. So, you know, that's something that consider you still will run into mud at those other sections, but that's not anywhere near to what you're going to hit when you're at, uh, in between that, those two aid stations. But 
Yeah, you you cruise. One year I was pa- Go ahead, sorry. One year I was pacing when we were leave- after we left Jaws and we were back in the mud. Uh, someone got their shoe sucked off in the mud, and they were searching through the mud to find their shoe. So <laughs> make sure your shoes are tight it. going back going it. back down through that mud. It's so brutal. God, it's brutal. <laughs> it's the worst mud I've one, ever ran through. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's that black, nasty, stinky mud. So those shoes are pretty much ruined after you run through it. Just a yep. fair warning. And another thing is, um, once you get into that mud, uh, the trail will kind of get clogged up depending where you're at. And if there's a bunch of people in there and you're all trying to follow each other, sometimes it's best just to go off the side of the trail and find a new way through the trees. That was uh, what we did the second year because the first year there were so many people stuck in the mud that if you just followed them, you just got stuck in the mud right behind them. So just kind of got off the trail to the left or right a little bit and walked through the trees. Unless you're a back of the packer like me and then you just didn't run into anyone. (laughs) (laughs) All the way down, there was like very few people I ran into. I was getting past by all the 50 milers eventually. <laughs> but yeah, make it back down to the coming and... into Sally's are a sight to be seeing. They're like, they're all fresh and yeah. just, just bombed an 18 mile downhill. Have no idea what to expect yeah. when they're going up the wall. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't think about the ones that didn't think about that giant climb coming out of Sally's. <laughs> But yeah, so you get back to Sally's, um, you know, the, you run, it's 17, 18 miles, all pretty much all downhill. I mean, there may be a couple bumps here and there, but for the most part, it's all downhill. Um, get back to Sally's, that's your next big aid. Um, drop bags again, crew, if they decide to go to Sally's. That's a hard drive on the way back, I'll say that. Because like by that point, you're starting to get tired from the whole day. Yeah, And then next thing you know, it's three, four o'clock in the morning and you're trying to drive on off-roads into Sally's. Um, if, if for the crews out there, I, if you're driving back to Sally's after Jaws, make sure you have somebody who's fresh to do that drive. Just uh, that was brutal. The drive in. I, I, that's I, not something I wish on anybody. <laughs> I mean, uh, this guy from the Black Hills, Victor's truck, his like brand new truck. And this is my first time meeting Victor. And like, he just gave me the keys to his brand new truck. Oh, yeah, cool. You drive it down there. We'll see you at Sally's. And I'm like, <laughs> add to the stress of the situation. Taking a pickup back to Sally's is tough. Well, it was like a, it was like one of the Rangers, so it wasn't like. The oh, full okay. Thing. I would not want to bring. Full, oh well, I'm going to be bringing my half ton back into Sally's. That's tough. Yeah, it's tight. You need like the perfect, and it's also a. That's like it's also not, a walk too, right after you park. Yeah, it's about a half mile walk. Yeah, they so. had my Subaru last year, and I I think that worked perfect. Because it's it's not that you can't take a truck back there. It's just finding a place to park it once you get back there. It's like yeah, and then you have to turn around. To park and, yeah, like, you have to turn around. around. Is a pain, especially like in the middle of the day when they're or like at night when you're trying to find a parking spot if you're coming back from Jaws because it's just like a high like it's a little canyon and it's a high traffic area, so it's a real big pain. Yeah, it's a nightmare. I remember that. I'm glad I didn't have to drive it last year. 
<laughs> but now I get it this year. <laughs> it's going to be fun. So from Sally's, uh, you're heading back up to bear camp and this is what they call the wall. So for the hundred milers and the 50 milers, we'll get to experience the, the wall. Um, there's two different walls. Sometimes people refer, um, it after you drop down into the Canyon or right before you drop down into the big Canyon, before you exit and get off back onto the road, there's a little bitty half mile bump that people call the wall, but I think the real wall is after you leave Sally's. That's a beast. Jeff, yeah. you actually saw me out there last year and you said something to me. I, I never forget it, but it was, well, I, I did forget it. Honestly, I can't remember exactly what you said, but it was on the lines of this is what will make or break your race right here. And that just like kind of gave me so much motivation. It's like, damn it. I got to get up there. And um, I'm hoping that my friend is not listening to this, but this is, this is where I left her, my pacer. She's fresh. Oh. She jumped in with me right there at Sally's. And I left her up the hill because I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to stop on this hill. I'm going to keep going and just push through it. It sucks. I think it's like 2,500 feet up or something like that. It's a. Yeah, it's. It's, it's a deep. It's a it's a beast of a hill for uh, sure. Like at the course profile and figure it out but yeah it's big and that was and you coming back in to sally's like you got there you were getting kind of close to cutoffs and this is the the hardest part of the remainder of the course like if you get and for you and now i remember talking through this with you and it was like you've got to get out of here and up this next hill and after that that's when you can breathe a little bit easy but you need to get because like Otherwise, I was I was honestly very worried about cutoffs for you going into Dry Fork. So yeah, um, I think I was. Um, I think I got there at like eight thirty, so I had about an hour and a half before cutoff. Yeah, at, you at that at Sally's. I got to Sally's at eight thirty, so it was an hour and a half before. But still, like with knowing what's coming up, that's not a lot of buffer. No, an hour and a half could go be gone very quickly. Very quickly climb out of Sally's. So. Yeah. Yeah, but you crushed it. And then I didn't I didn't spend a lot of time at any of the aid stations. Bear Camp, there's no cutoff. Kearns, there's no cutoff. And then Dry Fork. I think I got to Dry Fork again at about an hour and a half before cutoff. That's good. So well, I the other thing is if you're close to cutoff coming into Sally's, like, I don't know if I'd want to chase cutoffs because – Again, you have to make it all the way back to Dry Fork. Yeah. Like, there's no way out. Yeah, you have to go to Dry Fork. No. Once you leave yeah. Sally's, you have to um, go to Dry Fork. So, like, I don't know. Me as a as a crew, I'm kind of starting to think, if if my runner is coming in, like, right at cutoff into Sally's, because um, they will let you, like, um, get, the, get your runner checked in, checked out, and then provide aid after the aid station. So you're, yeah. like... But like some of those people, I was like, they're they're kind of set up for failure. Unless they actually look, they just had a really hard time getting down or whatever, and they're like look really fresh. Like chasing cutoff times into Dry Fork is that's a dangerous game you're playing. Yeah, from Sally's to Dry Fork, I think that is the toughest section. Yeah, I it, it, 
from Sally's to bear camp, it's not exposed, but that's the climb. So you, you know, it's, it's, you're climbing up. I don't know what you're climbing up, but you're climbing up something, <laughs> not a mountain, obviously, <laughs> but you're climbing up like 2,500 feet and three miles or something crazy like that. But it's, uh, it's not exposed. You're in the trees, but then once you leave bear camp, like, boom, it just, you just drop out of the trees and you're kind of running on like a two track for the most part. There's a little bit of trail, but you're running on kind of like a road for a lot of that. And okay. from, from Kern's cow camp to dry fork. Oh my gosh. That is a brutal section because that's usually in like the heat of the day. Unless you're like yeah. super, super fast. Like, I mean, if you're anywhere in the 30 hour mark, it's going to be hot. Maybe not hot this year, but comparatively coming down from jaws, Sally's where it's been in the thirties, forties. Like you're going to be in the seventies at that point, you know, if that's what it's looking like yeah. this year. So that's, a, that's a hard section. Rob, you got anything to say on that section? Yeah. It, um, it's hot. The wall is like one step forward, two steps back type of thing. <laughs> Don't fall. Um, yeah. Then once you get on that double track, it's kind of rollers all the way up to dry fork. So Except some of for that it's long, long ascent all the way up to dry fork. And you can see yeah. Dry Fork Aid Station for like four miles, and you're like, damn it, there it is. Yeah, you're yeah, you're like down in this valley, and you can look up at the top of the hill and see them up there. And once you get closer, you can hear people, but it's still like two miles away, it feels mm -hmm. like. It feels like and you'll then, be like running Justin downhill, and then, and then you go uphill again. You see it again, and then you run back down. You just go up and see it again. You're like, <laughs> stop. <laughs> and there's um, a couple of... The last climb up to Dry Fork can be a little tricky if there's a lot of water flowing. Uh, so just be oh, aware. Oh, I didn't that. even think about there. water flowing in there. Yeah, there definitely was not water flowing in that. That was dry. Yeah, the two years I did it, one year it was dry, but the next year there was a bunch of water flowing. And uh, when you're making that final ascent up to Dry Fork, uh, there are some sections that were super muddy. I mean, there was rocks to step on, but who wants to navigate yeah. with you know all those miles on your? Your legs yeah. at that point so you're just going through the mud again uh but once you get to drive work you're good yeah that that's a tough section so if you're a runner pacer just be prepared to take care if you're a pacer take care of your runner during that section if you're running just one foot in front of the other you will get there it will be over with soon it's just enjoy the time while you're out there but man it's it's hot it's brutal it's exposed Pickhorn is a brutal course it's yeah. so brutal there's a reason that it's a hard rock western states and utmb yeah. <laughs> it just does not get the love that it probably should it should definitely get more love than what it does i think i wonder why it doesn't get the love that it should like is it because it's so remote is it like well it's the weekend before western states so i think that a lot of people run yeah. western so I don't know if that's has a lot to do with it, but I don't know. And like big name runners, like AJW said, it's his favorite race minus Western States. Like uh, Cam Haynes has wrote about it in his book. You know, it was his first 100. It's like, I don't know. There's just, there's been a lot of big people out there. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one. Though. So I've, I've thought about this and, you know, when people are looking for Western State qualifiers or hard rock, they always look you know, somewhat what's close to them. And you have all those races in Colorado. 
that are qualifiers for both. And I, I, this is just my opinion. I think when people look at Bighorn, they look, it's, you know, almost, well, you have to go up into Montana to get to Sally's or take the, the other road, but they just look and it's so far away um, to a lot of people. And I think they just find another race. that's a qualifier closer to them. That yeah, That's what I think true. anyways. I mean, the it's race... easier to get into because it's, again, it's remote. Like you're, if you're flying there, you're probably flying into Billings probably. Is that, yeah yeah denver maybe yeah but it's then it's still a six-hour drive from denver yeah and it's still like five i think from billings like it's there's yeah, not, not really a good way to get to dayton <laughs> yeah it's crazy. yeah so if you start looking at like i mean well i guess if i'm gonna fly somewhere i'm gonna fly to denver and then go to a race that's close to that or, you know, yeah. I mean, it does sell out every year. So yeah, you know, there's still 300, 350 people that run the race every year. It's just, you just don't hear it talked about that much. And it's just, yeah. it's kind of weird that because with the 20,000 foot foot of climbing and some brutal elements that you have to deal with, like it definitely deserves to be up there for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like the bear 100 that's one of those races it's not talked about but it's it reminds me a lot of bighorn um but it's another hard race to get to and it's a point a to point b you start in utah and in idaho that'd be so fun but it's super easy to crew oh it's beautiful course beautiful course mostly single track through the aspens great course let's finish this guy back up so you leave dry fork um they do have oh, another, burgers and another thing dry fork, so don't forget about grabbing a burger another thing with dry fork is sometimes it's a bit of a walk to get in there for crew depending how full the parking area is um sometimes they'll let you drop all the gear off then you got to go park the car so someone has to walk but just keep that in mind it's a little bit of a walk from the the parking area yeah, and it's, it's not like an a easy half walk. mile mile or something like that isn't it yeah depending on how far you have to park out and it's one of, of the busier busy rate stations since it's yeah. yeah and then that's where the um the 30k or the, i'm sorry the 50k and the 30k start mm. yeah so that'd the, get really busy in there yeah so that morning um when you're coming back in if you're coming back in in the morning time frame you're gonna run into 50k and 30k runners so the 50k actually does something different they get on a part of the trail that no one uh no other runners run which is kind of cool they kind of head out um and they get on a trail and they run a trail of about seven miles they do a nasty climb up about i think it's about a three or four thousand foot climb that they do um and then they drop down to bear camp and then they uh -oh. run they run bear camp. I'm sorry, cows current cow, Kern's cow camp. They run Kern's cow camp and then they join the normal course and they go back to dry fork. So they start at dry fork. They kind of do a circle back to dry fork and then continue on to the rest of the race. But I think it's like a 3000 foot climb that they have that they have to deal with. So it's a pretty gnarly 50 K for sure. Gross. Yeah. And I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up because you, you will see them on the way back. You'll see the 50 Kers. And do not follow them because they're not on the same trail as you. Yeah. You'll see them on the side of the mountain. Do not follow them because they're on a different trail. Yeah. Like I said, they get on a different trail. 
when I when I ran through, uh, there was no 50Kers coming. <laughs> they were all trying. <laughs> but the one but yeah, year I was do- pacing, we saw them coming down, and a bunch of the 100 milers are like, oh, that's the trail over there. And some of the people are like, no, that's the 50K course. They're marked with different ribbons. Make sure you pay attention. Yeah. Because there's like an intersection that you go by. Um, I know exactly what you're talking the- about. Yeah. So you're kind of climbing up this little trail to get onto the two track to get into that aid station and they're coming down yeah. down the trail right in they're front coming of you. down so you could get confused yeah. where you would just go straight across the road but you're supposed to go to the road and then hang a right yep yeah yeah or they'll, then, they'll come down the left. trail and hang a left and so yeah 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 i i did see that trail last year and i was like what is that but then i realized like that's the 50k that's their loop that they do so yeah that's yeah, a gnarly that. gnarly on Friday, Saturday. Yeah, you'll you'll see what I'm talking about, and it's it's marked extremely well. Like I didn't oh, yeah. have a chance where I was getting confused at all, but I just okay. didn't know what that marking was up that trail, and then I figured it out later on that that was the 50k. But um, but yeah, then they meet. They will come through at Cal's Kern Camp too. So um, just know that you'll be there with 50k runners too. So um, but yeah, once you leave Dry Fork. Um, you're in home stretch, man. You got 18 miles of pretty much downhill rocking and rolling. Uh, you got a little bit of roller. You got a bit, a bit of a climb out of dry fork, not much, but a little bit of a climb and then some rollers to upper sheep Creek aid station. Um, once you leave upper sheep Creek, there's a half mile brutal climb. Um, but it's only a half mile, but it's just kind of like slaps you in the face. Like one more time. (laughs) 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 um yeah it's it kind of sucks and like i think that the 50k and 30k call that the wall as well so and i think there's even a strava Strava segment called the wall there too oh yeah Um, that's the wall yeah yeah. um no the real wall is at sally's that's the three and a half mile whatever but there is a half mile little section that is very steep and it you're gonna have to grind up it but then once you get to the top you're headed down, headed down that, that climb that you did the day before, um, down into lower sheep Creek. So upper sheep is at 87 and a half and lower is at 92 and a half. And then you'll, uh, you'll drop down to the tongue river trailhead from 92 and a half to 94. That's that fun little trail. That's kind of, um, like the rivers on one side of you and kind of just like a, a wall on the other side. It's a fun trail. Um, I did see a pretty massive rattlesnake there last year. So um, be prepared. There definitely can be snakes out anywhere, obviously on the trail, but um, I saw one right there. My, my pacer actually saw it first and was like, Oh, what is that? Like four or five people had run by us. Um, that headed up to that aid station at lower sheep Creek, but it didn't say, you know, didn't say, Hey, there's a snake coming up. And it was like, it was sitting right there, right off of the trail. But, very easily could have, you know, accidentally stepped on it. But yeah, it was a pretty gnarly sized rattlesnake. Um, once you get down to the Tongue River Trailhead, you have about five miles of road. Um, I do believe it's all downhill. Don't take that with a grain of salt because it's 100% exposed. It is five miles on a gravel road. It is hot. Um, regardless if it's 70 degrees, it's going to be hot. <laughs> Um, they do have a little aid station that's kind of halfway, maybe a little 
more towards the end, but it's called the home stretch. Um, they have popsicles there and they'll have kids that are spraying you with water, which is fun. Definitely take advantage of that. The popsicles were nice. There was some kids riding around on bikes, giving out popsicles, but, um, I just grabbed a couple of them when I was at that aid station. It's not really an aid station. They have popsicles. That's pretty much what it is. I think you fill your water there and get popsicles and continue running, but, and then you're, uh, you're into the park running under the banner, getting that buckle, getting that jacket. Hmm. Pretty sweet. They give you a jacket. They do. They give you a really nice jacket. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I would Wouldn't say you... it's a jacket. It's more of like a, um, like a light zip up type thing, but I mean, it's nice. I'm, I'm thinking about taking this. it this year and just flexing a little bit, you know, and some I'm going to have to session. see it. And your buckle. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely taking the buckle. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> you, if you're going to be at the finish line, you have to wear your belt. Buckle, oh, of right? course you have to. <laughs> I'm, it's I'm kind taking... of like a, Black Hills, both of them. you have to wear your uh, Johnny Cash shirt. Already got it packed. <laughs> yeah. I'll be wearing the well, Johnny Cash shirt the whole time. Once I, you get into the park, uh, it can be confusing. Uh, I saw a lot of runners having a hard time once you get into the park. I don't know why. It's pretty, they usually have like people marking, but if you're running, just once you get in there and you're tired, uh, make your pace or pay attention to follow into the park because i watch people have to run back out of the park and run in the right direction in the park multiple years so there was somebody out there last year that was kind of directing traffic yeah i think the problem is, is there's so much going on uh with people just walking around uh crew and spectators uh that they just sometimes don't see those people yeah um so just like i said just once you get into the park just pay attention could you yeah. do this like where you go around the park yeah. Then you come into the park when you go down to the finish line. So, I mean, you, it feels like you could just cut straight across because you can see the finish, but you do a little, like, like a little U shape thing. So Good I think it, I think it's changed since you were out there. You don't do okay. that anymore. You kind of just do like an a little L shape. You run on okay. the out. You run like on the outside, on and the, then you run parallel to the creek, and then you finish. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was different. Uh, yeah, no. I you think ran it, on the sidewalk a little bit, and then you came into the park from the other side. Then you ran by the baseball field. Yeah, you then you got it, on like this little dirt that, path. That that kind of is the same. It is the same. Like you run, you run into the park, and then you do the little L shape type thing. But okay, yeah, it was clearly marked last year, and there was a person there like directing traffic because I was coming in. I was in the golden hour, but there were so many people around that were coming in at the same time. So, um you know, all four distances were coming in at that time. So it, there was somebody out there directing traffic. It was, it was, there was no doubt in my, your mind that you get lost at that point. Like, <laughs> I, I think you'll be fine. It sounds like it has changed from, from when you were out there last. Yeah. I think you'll be good. But anyway, good luck um, at Bighorns next year, next week, this week, Friday. So, I can't remember what day it is, <laughs> but, uh, the 16th. Yes. Yes. It's not the 16th today, but the race is the 16th. <laughs> yeah. Good are luck. We, are, Robbie, are you going too? Okay. I am. Yeah. Oh, well, I'll be yeah, out there. Nice. Yep. We got so many friends running the race this year. Uh, all of us are going to be out there. It's going to be an absolute blast. Hey, I'll put this out there. Uh, Golden Hour Ventures now has diecast stickers. 
And if you want a sweet sticker, I had to say sweet because that's that's how it is. Sorry, my my wife, she's gonna be mad. You said sweet again. <laughs> but if you <laughs> want <are> sweet. <laughs> uh, if you want a cool sticker for your Nalgene or whatever water bottle that you carry or your coffee cup, I guess, hit us up. If you see us out there, ask us for a sticker and we'll give you a sticker. So not while I'm pacing though. While I or Robbie are pacing. We are not going to have stickers on us. <laughs> I don't know, Ravi. You might you just carry one on you. Be like, oh, I, I, here you go. I'll, I'll carry. I'll carry some stickers with me. All right, cool. I'll carry <laughs> stickers too. If you see us out there, uh, if you recognize us and you want a sticker, hit us up. We'll have some stickers. We'll give you one. We'll give you one. Yeah. Can I get one from our? Bother you guys about stickers too? all the time. What's that? I'm gonna bother you guys about stickers all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Every time Jeff sees us, he's gonna be like, "Hey man, can I get a sticker?" <laughs> Everybody we'll have loves all stickers. stickers by the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, they're super cool. Super cool. Well, hey, should we uh, should we transition to the next race that we are going to be a part of? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. This is one I know way more about. Yeah, I know a fair amount about it as well. <laughs> Uh, so the following week on the 20 something, maybe is 23rd, the 23rd that next Friday is the black Hills 100 mm-hmm. and all three of us will be there as well. Pacing, crewing, having fun, volunteering at aid stations. Um, this is a race that's near and dear to my heart. Cause I ran it as my first 100, uh, Jeff last year ran it and got third place um i'm looking at his buffalo skull right now robbie has never ran the race but he was an aid station captain last year he spent tons of time out on the centennial trail we have a lot of experience in the black hills 100 so let's uh let's deep dive into it jeff you want to start us off Definitely. Um, okay, so this good. So running this race is awesome because it doesn't start until 10 a.m. So you can get like a big breakfast at 8 a.m. Like eat like a thousand calories and then it can settle for a couple hours before you get started. <laughs> Our buddy last year, uh, the guy that's running um, the Bighorn 100 that Robbie's pacing, he went to I forget what the name of that diner is, but he had just like the most massive breakfast right before. And I was just like, dude, that's like 4,000 calories you're eating. It's like, that's, that's aggressive. <laughs> I think he ate like but, a chicken fried steak and eggs. And yeah, it was pretty insane. I think I managed. I was like nervous. So I had like a piece of toast, even though I really wanted a big breakfast. I had all the idea of getting a big breakfast and then it didn't happen. But this is one of the good things about the race. But you get the... It starts in Sturgis City Park. You can Google that. Your phone will bring you right to it. It's a beautiful start line. Um, Like, plenty of parking for everybody, comers and goers. Um, Like, it's it's a really great place to start. When you get there, you really kind of start to talk to all the other runners. I don't know. This, I feel like at Black Hills, it's a little bit different from other races I've ran where, like, at other races, like all the runners kind of like are doing their own thing a little bit. They might talk to a couple people who they know, but it's like very kind of like kind of getting in your own head, doing all that. But like at Black Hills, 
like everybody's talking to everybody. It's like, it's one of the, like, I feel the running community when I get into the park. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it's, I, I love this race. Black Hills, it's a magical place for me. <laughs> so yeah, and uh, it'll start at 10. Um, I don't think there's, a, there wasn't a starting gun last year. I think it was just. Oh, he didn't have his gun out go. there last year? Oh, the I year I ran, I he had so his he actually had his gun out there and he fired his uh-huh. gun. He has like a pistol that he fires, like a blank. Yeah, it was like he's wearing his like cowboy cowboy hat and stuff like that. And he like actually fired a pistol. I don't remember that. I don't that doesn't remind me. I just remember like starting to run with this guy and he was talking about who he had ran last year and D- DNF'd it. And then yeah, we were just off to the races. That was that was wild. So you have you have seven miles to your first aid station at uh, Alkali. Um, I don't, and so I'm gonna have to rely on you guys a little bit for this one, because by the time I got to Alkali on the way out there, there was not like uh, there was nothing set up, like because I, I, I don't know. Everybody was just like, "All right, have a nice day, have fun." I didn't really use the aid stations much uh, two years ago, three years ago, whatever year as I did it. Um, I used my crew. I, Alkali has a very minimal aid station. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just it's pretty much a table with some stuff on it, but it's such an easy place to get your crew into that it's. I, I don't think that. I don't think you necessarily need the aid station. No, it's it's just a good place for. Uh, to have basically a crew gathering point. Um, but yeah, it's really nice. You can see your runner for a very long period of time coming in there. As a runner in between the city park and Alkali, there's, you have one climb in there, but it's not terrible. I like really the first 20 miles of the race is like deceivably. Like it's deceivingly runnable, I would say. Like, um, like it, I could see it because, like, even like the bigger climbs have a lot of switchbacks. So, um, I could see a lot of people going out too hot pretty easily. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, uh, there's a, yeah, you, you have one small little climb. It's maybe, I don't know, it's like a quarter of a mile coming out because you start on a, on a sidewalk and then you go under the main road and then you you're on like a bike path thing for a bit and then you finally jump on the centennial trail and that's that's your home for the day um and then you yeah you do a quick little climb up to the cemetery and then you kind of run down you do some switchbacks and then you end up on some switchbacks down into alkali from what i remember yeah, there's a little bit of a climb. Um, it's not, it's not terrible. It's it's definitely runnable. Um, but yeah, it's it's a little bit of a climb. It's not it's not bad at all. Yeah, it's that's really I like at that climb. That's kind of where you start to like the you start to see who you're going to be running with more before and after that climb because like there's people who will run it and then that that'll be your kind of three or four people that you hang out with for the day. Um, and then there's people who are going to, you know, kind of hike it. And then, yeah, it kind of splits up the the field yeah. a little bit, which is yeah, great I because definitely, when you get into I the, hiked it for sure. 
Yeah. Well, because then you get into like the you start getting into the single track after Alkali. So like um, that's where. So like it, it is nice that you have that hill because then it kind of does get everybody into that the world's longest conga line and <laughs> gets them ready to rock. Yeah. Once you leave Alkali Creek, though, that's where you that's where you got your kind of your first climb. That's about a four mile up to uh, up to Bulldog, what we call Bulldog Hill, and then you drop down about a half mile to to the Bulldog Aid Station. But yeah, that, that's a that's your first kind of real big climb is in that section. Yeah, but there's a lot of switchbacks. Like you went tons. It's super. Again, it like it's a big climb, but it's it's pretty deceiving. Yeah. Um, it's runnable. Yeah, it's it is. Runnable. I hiked it, but it's runnable. I would, <laughs> I would recommend hiking it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a much better decision than what I made. So, uh, jumping back a second, um, Sturgis Park is where the start is. Alkali Creek is it's very easy to get to, um, and you it's only seven miles for the runners, but you can get there like very eat quickly. Um, yeah, it's for, like, for five, the crew. it's like a five minute drive. Yeah. It's very quick to get to alkali from, yeah. from Sturgis. It's super easy. Um, and then from there you have about a 12 mile section where you're not going to see your runner. So at the next aid station after alkali is bulldog, you're not going to see your runner. You don't have crew access at that one. And so, um, getting to Elk Creek is very easy. Um, it's easy to it's easy to get into any of these aid stations, but yeah. getting to Elk Creek, um, well, just Elk get in Creek there, is, set up a chair, and relax and wait yeah. for the runner. Well, Elk Creek is different because, like, so the runners have their aid station at the top of the hill, and that then crews stay down on the road. Yeah. So, like, if you're to, yeah, if you're yeah at the trailhead, so if you're looking for like time, you're probably going to be blowing through the. You, you don't want to. If you're looking at trying to get through that quickly it's i've seen a lot of runners do like they end up with two aid station stops within a half mile of each other yeah and it turns into an hour ordeal um at elk creek so i mean and if you're if you're not with crew and you have drop bags elk creek has your drop bags so yep. make sure you yep. get your drop bags i did hear someone miss their drop bag last year at elk and then they came down and they thought that that was the aid station and they were like where's my drop bag and they're like, oh, it's a half mile back that way. <laughs> um, like, up the hill. Go up yeah, there. Yeah, up the hill. Line. I guess I don't need that that bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I think the, the climb, there's a little bit of a climb from Bulldog to Elk Creek, but it's not, I don't remember it's, being, once again, it's runnable, but you can hike it, probably suggested to hike it. But Yeah, it's, it's you're still in like a very deceiving part of the course. Yeah. Would, would definitely. Uh, yeah, you only get the that little climb out of the um it's a little climb yeah i can't remember when you're coming out of the creek it's a little yeah, yeah out of the creek yeah out of the creek yeah. yeah anybody see anything but that's are the all creeks, are the creeks flowing or uh i've heard they are they're definitely flowing and then i heard the black hills got a ton of rain over the weekend we did like i've heard I've never seen creeks flowing like they're flowing right now yeah, three to five inches. Is that is that accurate? Probably. So that so, so like you you could definitely be running after you after you leave Elk Creek Aid Stations when you run into the creeks about a half mile down that area, and 
if if they're flowing, they can be flowing. I've run it where they've been bone dry and I've run it where they've been knee to thigh high. So they're going to be thigh high this year. I bet. I, but, yeah. and like, don't be, a, so like if you're looking at shoe choice, get something that's trainable because you're not going to be able to change your shoes until. So it's like right after the Elk Creek aid station is when you hit the first river crossing or Creek crossing. And so you're not going to be able to change your shoes for what, 10 miles? Yeah, because mile 30. Dalton. Yeah, Elk, Elk Creek's at Dalton. 17 and a half and Dalton's at 31. Yeah, yeah. nothing until Dalton. Yeah, you're going to hit it at about, about 18, 18 and a half as we're going to hit the creeks. And you're going to hit them about four or five times. There's one that's going to be really big and then the other ones are kind of going to be maybe get your shoot wet type thing. But yeah. You're going to do four or five crossings. Actually, I think it's six, isn't it? Six crossings. I'm not sure. But only I, one and a, maybe two are going to be. Yeah, there's like two big ones. And then, yeah. And then you can the, get your feet wet right after alkali when you're going under the interstate. Because um, oh, like yeah, last true. year, they had one side that was gated off. So you couldn't go that side. And that was the dry side. So I got my feet wet <laughs> oh, um, no. just outside of alkali. Yeah, I forgot about that section. But then you're going to run um, in between Elk Creek and the next aid station. It's called Crooked Tree. There is a actual Crooked Tree. It's, yeah, it's nowhere. Yeah, it's nowhere. Oh, nice. In it's nowhere near the Crooked Tree aid station. It's about three no, miles. I from think. It, but yeah, it's, I think we tried to. I think it's about three miles. It's three miles from Crooked last time tree we ran there. But if you see the Crooked Tree, take a picture of it. It's kind of a unique tree. Um Jeff just is wearing his shirt right now and he just held up his shirt. It's, it's in the logo. So when you get the shirt for the race, like look at it, you'll see the crooked tree within. Yeah. The it's school. in the nose of the bison. Yeah. It, it's, it's kind of a unique tree. You, you can easily miss it, but if you see it, definitely take a picture with it. It's kind of cool. Yep. Yeah. And now this I, is, this is where the course starts to get less deceiving. Like this is like when you're going to hit your, like after crooked tree that's when you kind of start to hit your first big climb that yeah. nobody's going to be like it's not runnable anymore yeah well okay some people might run it like people from new york probably run it but <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that section you, you'll climb for about three or so miles and then you just have like a super cool bomb for three miles yeah, like in, yeah, you get on Dalton. this flat level for a while, and then it's just like, oh, this is nice. It's really pretty in there. And then, uh, yeah, and then you get that three or four mile bomb down into Dalton, yeah. which is just like, it's a, I don't know. If you're feeling good, it's like a really good breath of fresh air. If you're feeling bad, because this is also like your first really like exposed part of the race, I would say, is when you're on that high spot. Yeah. Um, and so, and like, if you're playing a game with what aid stations you're hitting, which ones you're not, and you're cutting it close on water, you can run out of water up there. And it's not a place you want to run out of water. Back of the Packers don't play that game. <laughs> <laughs> and once you are dropping down to Dalton, the trail is very off camber. Uh, so, and it's also kind of dug down into the ground. Uh, it's very easy to trip and fall right there. 
Yeah, and you're you're gonna oh this is and this will be your second cattle gate you go over. That's oh yeah, unique, you do go over a couple cattle gates. I forgot about that's those. a unique yeah. part of 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 the Black Hills is you have those cattle gates where you're like, it doesn't seem like much. It's those like wood humps, you know. Yeah. You like last year I was pacing. Up. I was pacing on the way back, and my runner like almost fell off of one. I had to catch her before she failed. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, those things are not fun. <laughs> But uh, Dalton is another really big aid station. Um, aid station um, captain that runs it uh, runs a phenomenal aid station. He's always yeah. like got some bacon going. Um, they have good sandwiches. And, like he's he's got it out there going. He'll have his uh, his ambulance out there that he sleeps in. Got it all set up. So Even definitely, they a, uh, yeah, they have a whole RV set up there too. It's yeah. a good aid station. And even if it's raining, um, like so when I came into it it was raining and so they had like enough canopies set up where i had a spot to like get under there and like change my clothes and like get dry before i started climbing again so like they're they're a top notch that's a top notch aid station yeah it is they run that aid station well the guy that runs it is uh he's also an ultra marathoner so he understands what people go through so yeah, um, and also he's a great guy to talk to if you're yeah, he is. He's, there waiting for somebody. I yeah, I, I volunteered there last year, both sides coming and going. So yeah, it's a it's a really good aid station. Um, but yeah, once you leave Dalton, you have um a pretty hellacious climb. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty that's a pretty bad climb, and then that's also when you get into like really rough trails. That's your at your first ATV section. Yep. The footing's uneven. Um, there's random rocks that are sticking up like roots that uh, will trip you. Did you say roots? Yeah, like they're, they're rocks, but they, <laughs> they're like roots. Just make it. <laughs> are you saying I sound Robert. like I'm from Minnesota or something? Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so you got, I think, what is that climb a mile on single track? Before you get onto the, the mile. track, it's a mile. Yeah, it's a mile. It's solid, and like seven hundred feet, seven hundred feet again. Yeah, it's a, it, it's one that I forgot about until I got on it, and I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> Luckily, That's actually, but back, it's so. it's a really good climb to get your headspace right. Yeah, like for sure. Um, like I don't know, I just I had a lot of struggles going on the way out, and so yeah. like that climb where I'm like just hiking and I wasn't trying to run anything. I was just like, cause it, you're hiking it. And, and like, it was just a really good time to eat some, some food, drink some water, decompress and like, just get ready for, for what's left. Yeah. And then even once you get on the two track, you're still climbing for another mile or two, isn't it? Yeah. It's something like that. Pretty brutal. Yeah. Uh, with all the rain, it's probably going to be slick on the two track um the year of mud, it, mud puddles it was a mud fest out there and so I, I would, the two track is 13 miles long so um yeah and when you talk about slick like last year i saw videos of people because it like rained while a lot of people were on it last year and like people were standing stationary and they were sliding across the trail <laughs> like it's super fun it's it's very <laughs> slick that's so funny I saw the videos and I smiled a little bit. 
even though I, because I got, I, so I left the, the, um, that right before, like, as it really started to rain, I was getting out of that section. Nice. And I was like, timed that perfect. And, <laughs> and then I saw the videos afterwards and I'm like, that's exactly why I timed it perfect. And oh I don't feel bad for anybody. <laughs> like, I didn't even feel bad for anybody. It was terrible. I didn't feel bad at all. Yeah. My runner came back into Dalton and was like, just black from mud. <laughs> like fallen multiple times. It was bad. Uh, from Dalton to you get on the two track and you'll you'll hit Nemo. Nemo's yep. kind of a cool little town for the crew. Um, they'll have uh, I don't think they have a gas station there, but they'll have like no. a little convenience store that you can go get some you know, some snacks and stuff and some beer even if you wanted to grab a beer uh, while you're it's waiting. Like, on your yeah, ride. and it's yeah, it's you got you actually get uh, this is one of the times you get off the Centennial. You get off the Centennial, there'll be some red X's that say, "Hey, don't go down this trail." And then you hang a left on the road to get into the aid station. Yeah, you run about a mile on the road, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It's, it's all kinda, downhill. It's kind of neat. Yeah. Also a good time to like really start to feel human again. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and then leaving Dalton, you're on dirt road. But that's leave, also leave, a good aid station. Nemo. That's a really. Oh, Nemo. Yeah. Sorry. When you leave Nemo, you're on dirt road, but Nemo's a really good aid station. They've got stuff. There's edu- like people who know the area really good there. Um, Cause then, so when, when you leave Nemo, that's when it gets a little weird. Um, because <laughs> yeah, you got a little bit of experience in that. <laughs> Nemo's a really congested city. It's hard to get out of. Um <laughs> But okay, so when you leave, so you got off of Trail 89, the Centennial, to go into Nemo, right? Well, when you're running out of town on this dirt road, there'll be like a a dirt road that goes to the right, and there'll be a sign, like one of the trail posts for Trail 89. Don't follow that. Like, that's a really bad idea (laughs) to follow that Trail 89, because that's the Trail 89 that you avoided. Um, so if you do that, you're going to end up back at the entrance point to the road, and then you're going to have to go back into the aid station and do it all over again. It adds about five miles onto your race. Um, I feel like you've had experience in that area. I have. I'm, I'm well-versed. <laughs> well-versed. Um, and so, so yeah, just like, it's like, but the thing is you just run straight and then you kind of like fall into the, the trail kind of goes off to the left and you just kind of fall, fall into it off yeah. of the, don't turn don't, to go to the right. On you'll the run in, you'll run by some houses. Then you run into another trailhead. Yep. And you'll you feel it. like it's forever. Like it feels like it's a really long time, but it's, I mean, it's probably a mile. Is it is that far? I think it's further. Oh, I was going to say maybe, yeah, maybe like a mile two and a half mo- too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good ways down that dirt road. Yeah. Yeah. Like to the point where you're not seeing any signs for trail 89 and it gets weird. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep and going. Then, and then you get, once you finally get back onto the correct trail, uh, you're back on to two track ATV. again, ATV trails, and ATV trails. And those and ones that are thing, really it, slick. And it those climbs just... and climbs and climbs. It just yeah. doesn't stop. It's not, it's pretty, if you don't cross a bridge, it's, it's runnable, but it, it's climbing. If yeah. you don't cross a bridge over the creek, you've gone the wrong direction. 
<laughs> but then you get into Pilot's Knob, uh, mile 45. Um, Pilot's Knob is another great aid station. Um, they are. That one's put on by, I believe, the Runners Club. And yeah, they do a good stuff, good stuff there. They had uh, pancakes and uh, quesadillas and that type of stuff there. That, they do a pretty good job there. Um, for crew, that's a pretty easy one to get to. Nemo is a good, easy one to get to. Pilot Knob is also an easy one to get to. Yeah, that one's right on the road. Yeah. Um, Parking can be kind of a nightmare in pretty much all of these, but um, Pilot Knob for sure can kind of be yeah. pilot knob dalton yeah the, kind of a nightmare for parking for most of them but i'm just park and walk in there it's not, it's not that hard yeah park on a road and walk a little ways yeah works out. um that was a good spot for crew to take a nap on the way back so once they came back i, I napped at pilot knob that was a good spot but um pilot knob they don't really have they have like canvas or canopies over their food section but there's really no covering for no. Um, for the runners and so um if you have a canopy maybe set it up at that point if you can but i just remember that was kind of an in and out section there wasn't much going on there yeah i that was i spent a lot of time there both times did you yeah well because on the way out that was when i had gotten lost so i was an hour and a half later than that's true. my crew expected me so they were still like Oh, where have you been? Um, and I was kind of, <laughs> I, I might have been a little bit angry um, at this point in time. Um, my, my, my in laws might have heard me say a few expletives <laughs> about the current situation. Welcome to ultra crewing. <laughs> and, uh, but, but yeah, so I spent a lot of time there, like just trying to put myself back together and then. Yeah, on the way back, I had like fallen pretty hard. Um, because after after uh Pilot's Knob, that's all the way to Silver City. It is, yep. And then so in between there, you've got a couple of big climbs. Um and uh there is one spot after like it's like maybe a half mile before the aid station, mile. Um, there's like a, a log across the pond. The pond's not very deep. Um and like you can tightrope the log, but I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, I jumped um, in the creek. Well, I tightroped it on the way out, and then on the way back, I tried to tightrope it again, and then I fell and I like cut my hand pretty bad. So that's why I ended up at Pilot Knob for a long time on the way back because I was trying to get some aid. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> so, hey, before uh, before we get into Silver City, a couple things that I wanted to mention. Uh, yeah. you, you run for about a mile, um, out of pallets knob on single track, you're back on a single track and then you got to cross the road. And so like when you come up to 385 highway, 385, just cross the road, don't run down the road or anything. I've seen runners like turn and just run at the road, not knowing what the trail is. That was um, pretty well marked last year. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Uh, the year I ran it, it was not. And so, um, but that was also at night. I don't know when you're coming in there. Um, but it, at night, I didn't see anything, so oh, it was yeah, not it was marked. I mean, it may be marked, but it wasn't lit up, and so the trail is just just jump across the the road, and the trail's like right there. So I think that's that's how like because the year you ran it, that was how a lot of people ended up back in Pilot's Knob. They ran up the road or something. Oh, 
super weird. Yeah, it was. I had to yell at some runners that were like half a mile down the road, and they were so pissed. But yeah, and then you go, you you're on the trail for a couple miles, two three miles, and then you actually get off trail eighty nine, get on trail forty. Yeah, um, Deer Creek. 40. Yeah, the 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 race photographer, the legendary Randy Erickson, um, he lives right there, and he decorates the turn so you if you get lost turning onto trail 40 you are in a bad headspace because he'll have like rope lights and strobes and all yep. kinds of stuff directing your way because so that was where i thought i was gonna get lost um and then but they're like no it's pretty well marked i'm like okay but i've heard people get lost there so I, that was i was very anxious about that there is no way yeah you can't get lost anymore. Like it yeah, is you see this big massive rope light. Well, and for me, middle of the night, like big massive rope light in the middle of the night, like lighting the way to go. So it was daytime for me, and I <laughs> it was so bright that I it was like lighter there. So nice, nice. Yeah. And then you got a really fun, like once you get on trail 40, like such a fun downhill. Yeah. But like, you're just thinking to yourself, like, oh, I'm gonna have to climb back up this, aren't I? <laughs> yeah. yeah lots of fun uh yeah and then you get before into you turn City on and... before you get on 1240 you cross the road again a different road just be aware oh of that. yeah i did forget about that you do cross the road it's like a little dirt road you cross yeah the one yeah. the crew is going into yeah you drop yeah. down and then you kind of in a little uh i don't know it's kind of a flat spot running yeah. for a little bit well there's a yeah there, that's where that kind of pond no. with a log don't yeah. go over the log just promise you it's not worth it <laughs> just walk in the water <laughs> i think i want sure there might be so much this year there might be so much water that log will be underwater because uh, a couple weeks ago when we went across it the log was just barely above the water oh my gosh i don't know if i've ever seen water in there to be honest with you. maybe just like a little trickle of something but trickle yeah like last year it was just a trickle but couple of weeks ago it was almost underwater wow um i don't know if silver city aid station is going to be in the in the community center again last year, last it, was year it wasn't yeah. yeah it wasn't the year i that did it it wasn't was, it was yeah that was confusing when i got there because i was like i'm going into this building and everybody's like in the middle of this field like no over here come over <laughs> here and i'm like oh <laughs> is, are you tricking me like what I don't want to run further than I have to, but it's, yeah. So like they post up in that parking lot there. Yeah. Big field. Um, I don't remember what they had at that aid station. I remember some soup or something. Um, they, had, almost, they had a full spread there. Did they? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for crew, that's a very easy one to get to um, from pilot's knob. Uh, it, it might take you 10 minutes to get there or 15 minutes. It's, it's an easy one to get yeah. to. Um, this is a very good, this this race is very good on the cruise. Oh, for crewing, this is a, a phenomenal race to crew, especially coming from big horns. And you're like, oh, I got to crew this one. That was easy. <laughs> yeah. But uh, leaving Silver City, though, you got to climb. Yeah, you got to climb. I don't know how many miles it is. Is it like, is it two? It's maybe a mile and a half, I think. Okay. I don't know how much. Well, what, what the there's like is. two climbs in there, though. There's like two. Yeah, there's like a fall summit and then you, and then yeah. you climb, climb. Yeah, the, the fullest one is like a mile, mile and a half. And then the I think the real one is probably, maybe that's closer to two, yeah. 
I think it's about four miles back up to Randy's house from Silver City. Oh, okay. So, oh. so yeah, you climb. Well, you'd have a little bit of a descent once you. Get you have to a the little. Top. You have a little yeah. bit of descent. Yeah, but then you go back up Deerfield, and I mean that climb's not horrible, but it's it's there. Yeah, that's the, four miles, huh? Because it's I, seven miles from Silver City to Pilot's Knob. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think yeah, I think you're right. And then the rest of the trails, you can pretty much it's pretty runnable the rest of the trail down to once you hit oh yeah. Once you get back on the 89, I think it's pretty runnable all the way back down to pilots. Oh yeah. That that go, that'll go by really quick. One section, like once you cross back over 385 and you get back on to the mile section before you get down to um pilot knob aid station, there's a couple little areas where you could take a right or left there's a couple little trails um i remember it being marked pretty well but i've heard stories of people taking those other trails and kind of being being lost so stay on trail 89 except for when you're in nemo and getting off on the trail (laughs) you go over another uh so you have to open the gate when you cross both ways at 385 yeah yeah then you have for that now another little cattle guard to go over also uh less than a mile from pilot's knob that gate was locked last year when i was there what you had to climb over so that gate's i had to climb it that gate's super hard to open it's got this weird lock on it i thought the same thing then finally i figured out how to open it oh well (laughs) you have to pull you have to pull the pit pull the pin back then it's 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 bad i couldn't figure it out either (laughs) (laughs) i climbed over it that little section, <laughs> once you go through the gate and then you you go through like a little bit of a, it's kind of like an ATV section, but it's not really ATV. It's just, it's like kind of a two track area, but then yeah. you get on the actual single track before you get into pilot's knob. I always remember that section being kind of sketchy. Like there's some good rocks in there and yeah. just that one, there's it, a bunch of, it's not even that long. It's, it's probably bad. half mile, but there's some like logs. It's a half mile. Yeah. yeah. There's rocks. There's a bunch of down trees right now. Yeah, watch your footing in that area. The rocks are all loose. I'm sure that the they'll take care of the trees and stuff like that, but just watch your footing in there because I remember always remember rocks and stuff in that area. Yeah, it's bad. It's off camper too. Once you get back to Pilot's Knob, uh, you already know what to expect. Um, Quesadillas, pancakes, that type stuff they didn't have any of that when i was there yeah but you're too fast you need to be in the back with the <laughs> slow people we get all the good food man like you don't get any of the good stuff no i don't <laughs> you go out there just to like win races and things and like be cool and it was stupid don't like, do we're, that we're in the back like having fun and eating real food and partying. i want to do it your style. I, I want to. I don't think you do. It hurts way worse. <laughs> I'm out there no. like 15 hours longer than you. <laughs> Have you seen me at the end of the race puking for days? <laughs> you saw me puking at mile 30, and I wasn't even going that hard. <laughs> uh, uh, leaving Pilot's Knob, though, you have a little bit of a climb. That's a yep. little decent climb. And then you got that mm-hmm. two track that's going to be slicker than shit. Just run yeah. down it because it's it's all it's pretty much all downhill. Um, you last year I remember you could kind of run on the side of that, and like 
there wasn't as many rocks. Like, kind of, I was yeah. like on the far right of the trail, and like, yeah. I was able to avoid a lot of the, the really bad like rocks and bad footing and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, just be, uh, be on the lookout because it it's an ATV trail, so like, if it gets groomed a couple days before, it's gonna be dusty. Uh, if it's raining and the ATVs are tearing it up, it's going to be ruddy. Just And there might be an ATV in the trail. There could be ATVs yeah. on the trail. I actually it's... never ran across ATVs while I ran it. It's surprising. Funniest, the look on the uh, – so, like, there was, like, somebody in, like, one of those dune buggy kind of, like, things out there when I was running through it. And, like, they were, like, looking at me, like, what the hell is this guy doing out here? <laughs> And then I like, and I just happened to like catch a rock and I face planted. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> and I like pop up and just like the look on their face was priceless. That What's is this scary. guy doing out here? Was it at least dark then? No. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Uh, yeah. So then you run back into Nemo. Um, don't listen to anything Jeff says running into Nemo. Just take the dirt road all the way down till you get to the aid station. Then you'll take the road out of Nemo, get back on the two track again. And then that's the section that you're going to have to climb. And it's going to be, if, if it rains or if it's been raining, yeah, it's going to be muddy. That's where everyone was sliding. It's super rocky. It yeah. Is super rocky. And then coming out of that section, when you get into Dalton, that seems like forever. And there's a couple of like, cause there's like a walking path to get down into Dalton. Don't take that one. You have to go all the way down and kind yeah. of take the ATV trail. I remember that being marked pretty good. Like don't take this trail. And then I remember, but it, man, you're right. It seems like it, it, it just seemed like forever. I was just like, when is this trail coming up? And it finally it, yeah. it popped up, but. I not heard people running past it too. So just kind of be on the lookout. It'll be on the left-hand side. There will be markings. Yeah. Um, it's going to feel like you're going to run on that. It's a downhill, so you can run it if you're in running shape at that point. Um, Cause you're coming up to, you know, 60, yeah. 70 miles. So, but it still feels really long. Like my pacer had to tell me when to turn. Cause I tried to take a couple of turns. He's like, no, not time. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a long section. I remember that section being very long, but finally you, you drop down and you have that mild descent back down into uh, Dalton where another good aid station. Yep. Um, also drop bag. Also drop bags. Yep. And those drop bags are like right when you get there. Like, yeah, you can they're set up pretty like, good. Yeah. Uh, we forgot to mention that the 50 milers start at silver city. Um, they start at 5. AM, I believe 6. AM. And so uh, you're going to start seeing those guys pop up around you, probably around the Dalton area. If you're, you know, a normal runner, not a Jeff runner, probably <laughs> once you leave Dalton, you'll start seeing the 50 milers start popping up. And uh, sometimes, and, and then 50 K or start at Dalton. So you start seeing yep. 50 K pretty quick. Never saw a 50 K or so. Um, if you're in the back, you don't see a 50 K or <laughs> they were way ahead of me. I thought we had, I, I swear when I was pacing, we had 50 Kers because they started. You probably did. But when I, I didn't, I got there about, I think they started like 
six or no seven eight something like that and i didn't get there till like 10. i think it's seven yeah i got there like nine or ten so i was oh i was pretty far behind them but yep the 50 kers run there so if you're start there if you're anywhere near i never saw frame. any 50 kers or 50 milers either but well, you, you were too far ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I was too yeah. far back. You were too far forward. <laughs> there's a sweet spot in there where there's a lot yeah. of traffic. Um, but yeah, then you, you, you know, you're, you've got a pretty gnarly climb out of Dalton. It's about a three mile climb. Um, yeah. and then you got a pretty sweet little descent, little three, three and a half mile descent down into crooked tree. Um, this is where the- I saw a um, a 2002 Nissan Xterra randomly out in the woods in the middle of the day. Don't ask me why I saw it there. Um, uh, it was not there, but that's where I started hallucinating. So <laughs> <laughs> I told I was looking for the eight. How'd you know the year? Uh, you know, it was that early 2000s black Nissan Xterra. I don't know. I've I've had a bunch of friends that have owned them, so I uh, I just I, I thought that I saw an eight, I was and I told my my pacer I'm like, hey man, there's the aid station right there. I see the SUV and he and he didn't say anything. And then we kind of came around the corner, and like that's when I realized like, oh, that was not that's that's a rock cropping, not a. It was a white <laughs> rock cropping, so I can't yeah. imagine where I got a black Nissan Xterra, but anyway. And, and if I remember right, the getting to Crooked Tree seems like it takes a while on the way back. It does. It does. Well, I think that climb out takes a minute. Um, yeah. It's a, it's a pretty steep climb. Um, yeah. It, it takes a little bit to get. And then even the downs are kind of. Yeah, they're pretty rocky on the yeah, way back. Yeah. I remember like tripping a lot. My least favorite section is Crooked Tree to Elk. I don't know why, but I yeah. feel like I feel like from Crooked Tree to Elk, you climb the entire time. And I know you don't, but it just feels it's like still, you're climbing yeah. the whole way. That seven-mile section is like, I don't know why I don't like that section, but I never have my least I favorite. I really like Crooked Tree to Bulldog is all kind of like for me now i do like elk to bulldog because that is a that, that's a cool like down you got a sweet down on that one on the way back but i remember that yeah uh, I remember once you that leave, yeah that, that's a sweet yeah. yeah once you leave crooked tree um you know you're getting close when you're seeing the water so you'll drop you're, you're going to be way above the, the the creeks the river and then you'll drop down into it uh, and start doing your you know the crossing your six crossings Feels like they're forever. And then, you know, so, but you can change your shoes and socks at Elk if you want to. Yeah. Because you're, that's, that's the opportunity to do it. Um, Elk Creek will also have your drop bags. Yep. Fully crude, fully stocked. If you, if you are a runner that does not have a crew, do not get confused when you're going back. You're going to see a bunch of people sitting around. Those are just people for crewing. If your aid station is another half mile up, yeah, up a up a pretty steep little climb, yeah, that, that, yeah. that that's a walker. Like I had a bunch yeah. of people stop there last year when I was just out there chilling, waiting for my runner. They're like, "Is this where the where's my drop bag?" We're just like half mile up. I feel like that should be a sign that this is not the aid station. Your drop bags are half mile up. But yeah, that is a that's definitely a walker to get up to the aid station. Um, and I've heard 
that they have phenomenal cookies at that aid station. They do have phenomenal cookies on the way. Oh, yeah, on the way cookies. back, the cookies. I don't. I I can't remember who makes them. And but so some older lady's been making them for years. Yeah, I got to send you them all two days last year. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely take advantage of a cookie while you're there. Um, bring up your spirits a little bit. Yep. After that, though, you got maybe another little half mile of somewhat of climb, and then you you can cruise. That's a cool yeah. Down. Well, because you get into Bulldog, and like, well, Bulldog won't have much on the way back. Yeah, Kirkatree doesn't have much for aid. Bulldog doesn't have much for aid. Like, you might be able to get some roll up sandwiches. Yeah, very very minimal. That's about the same with Elk Creek, too. We didn't have uh, a lot of selections of food last year. Uh, but the but that's a good crew stop. Yeah. We're, we're like yeah. Bulldog and Bulldog and Cricketree aren't crew stops. So you kind of just yeah. fill them water, grab them some cookies, and rock and rolling. Yeah. They'll, they'll, have, um, they'll have ramen noodles at Bulldog, but you can't – unless you're going to sit there and wait for them to be warmed up. You're not, they're going to be cold. Yeah. It's not worth waiting. You got a, after the Bulldog aid station, you got a nasty climb. It's about a half mile. Or is it a mile? I think it's a half mile. Yeah. It's, it's a, a pretty, it's a pretty brutal one. Yeah. Definitely hiking that one. I mean, you're at 93 miles, so <laughs> you're not doing much running at, well, normal people aren't doing much running at that point. <laughs> <laughs> That was about when I felt alive again. I don't know. Really? I negative split the last 20 miles of that oh race. Oh, my gosh. All right. So uh, my take... pacer was not nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you have a you have a, a little half mile climb. It's not little. It's a big half mile climb up to um, out of Bulldog up to the the bulldog lookout type area i don't really know what it's yeah and then you get the the nice switchbacks yeah then you got a four mile switch back all the way down to alkali creek yeah and then you and then, uh, yeah. the 18 milers start at elk creek to also i believe it's at eight o'clock in the morning yeah. yes yep so if you're any anywhere around those guys you run into the 18 milers Man, that would be a fun course to run, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. There's not much climb in that one. That'd be a that'd be a fast one. Actually, I think our buddy the um the guy that paced last year with you at Bighorns, didn't he win that last year? I think he Me? did. Yeah. I think he won it last year. I don't remember Victor what he wanted. Yeah, I think so. No, because he was doing his major stuff, the marathons. I thought he won it last year. Um. Anyway, yeah, that'd be a fun that'd be a fun eighteen miler to go run. You yeah, fly in that thing. Once you get to Al- Alkali, though, you're the home stretch. And uh, if you haven't looked at anything on this course, it is not a hundred miler. It is a hundred and five to hundred and seven, depending on what your watch says. Yeah, so, yeah, I've, I've seen it be as high as 108. Yeah, or if you're Jeff, it's 120. So, <laughs> um, I think I had 106 and a half is what I ended up with. 
after I left Alkali, I hit a hundred miles right there. And so like, yeah, that's where we're leaving the aid station. I hit a hundred miles. So, so that's kind of like a mind. That's a challenging brain thing. Cause you're going to see triple digits on your watch and yeah, that's not super fun. That's kind of climb. You gotta, you gotta climb out. It's about a mile and a half to two mile climb, um, out of Alkali. And then you got a super nice descent. Um, and then you get to what my favorite part of the 89 is. I call it the sound of music. You're up on these big hills, the wind's <laughs> blowing. Um, it's, you can see bear butte in the background. You can see Sturges. Like, you know, you're at that home stretch. That's just such a cool area. Um, the sound of the sound of music. It is, it, it is pretty cool. And it starts to like feel real that you're finishing this thing. Like this is happening. Yeah. And then and you drop back down into the the road and it's home stretch from there. Bam. And it was Andrew Ramirez from Rapid City, South Dakota, who won the Yes. 30K. No, I was I was talking about Victor won the thirty K last year. Yeah, no, Andrew Ramirez won it. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh. Well, we got thinking? ultra sign up up right now. Why was I thinking somebody else? <laughs> totally lost. This is going to be a fast race this year, though. Like some, there's some notable hundred milers coming in. Did you see that? Uh, the the legend himself, the speed um, goat, speed goat. Yeah, is going to be there. I did. I saw that. Um, Robbie, did you talk to him? I haven't talked to him. I'll send him an email. The guy from New York s- sounds familiar. I don't know who that is, but he's got a lot of, he's so. got a, he's got a lot of finishes. Um, and I think he's going to be quick. It'd be interesting to see that battle between Carl and, and that guy. What is Carl been running for? Like everything, time? but like, <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, well, I guess he did Hellbender, and he did that in twenty four and a half hours. That's a tough race. That is. Oh, he did Bear. He did that in twenty four oh five. You think he goes sub twenty at Black Hills? Sub twenty? Yeah. I don't know. I don't. He hasn't ran last time he ran a sub 20. It was on run. Love it in hot Springs, Arkansas in February, 2022. That was in 1936. Yeah. Maybe not then. He'll definitely be sub 24 for sure. Yeah. I don't know. It'll be an interesting, interesting race this year. Yeah. It's going to be. And then even on like the 50 miler 50 K you have a whole slew of like black Hills state runners. Okay. So like that's so you have a, like a ton of people that like aren't ranked on um ultra sign up but they're fast. Yeah. That's crazy. Should be an exciting uh exciting weekend. Robbie and I will both be out there that weekend as well. Um if you see us and you want a sticker, hit us up. We'll give you stickers. Uh Golden Hour Adventures is actually a sponsor of the Black Hills 100 this year, so uh yeah we're moving on up big time 
you might actually, if you're registered for the race, you're already going to get a sticker. So, but if you're a crew member or you're a pacer, you want a sticker and you know what we look like, hit us up. We'll give you a sticker. We'll be getting a sticker. <laughs> <laughs> hey, good luck, everyone. Uh, this has been a fun podcast to talk about uh, the Bighorn 100 and the Black Hills 100. Uh, thanks, Jeff, for coming on and giving us your insight on crewing and pacing and running. Appreciate yeah, it. Thanks for having me. Robbie. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Robbie just like leaned in the mic like he was going to say something. And I was just like, and then it was nothing. I was like, oh, all right. (laughs) I was off in in La La Land. Cool. I don't know. (laughs) All right. Well, good luck runners. Good luck pacers. uh, Good luck crew. Get some sleep. uh, And we'll see you out on the trails. Mm